1: strengthened in their faith and for their Jewish kinsmen to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus as the Messiah, the Son of
2: God. Bless the Lord and welcome to For Zion's Sake. We thank you for joining us. with the Volks. My name is Shelley.
3: And my name is June. Hi, everyone.
2: It's good to be with you as we start another week of broadcasting. And this week we're going to talk about the sufficiency of God. We know that God spoke to Paul at a very critical time in his life. And he said, my grace is sufficient. And we need to see that God needs to be sufficient in every aspect of our life, including the natural things that we don't usually consider God in. And, Junie, there's a couple of scriptures that we're going to start with this week that really shows that we need to be utterly dependent upon the Lord. For example, in Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 23, we read these words. I know, O oh Lord, that a man's way is not in himself, nor is it in man who walks to direct his steps. Junior, that's astounding, isn't it? God gives us legs to walk on, but he says he needs to direct our steps.
3: And we find about our own mind, Shelley, in Proverbs uh, chapter sixteen, verse nine, the mind of man plans his way. But the Lord directs his steps.
2: Wow. Are we really living according to these words, Junie? Because this is what God is calling us to. So again, as I said before, even though we have legs to walk on, God tells us it's not in us to direct our steps. We plan our way, but it is the Lord who directs us. And when we think about it, really, Junie, we have no control over circumstances around us. We're not able to bring about the effects that we desire many times. And we are really dependent upon the Lord to direct our steps. It says in Proverbs 20 verse 24, man's steps are ordained by the Lord. How then can man understand his way? When we really come to the realization that everything about our life is allowed, permitted, directed, or ordained by God, why do we interfere with God's ultimate purposes? And it says, how can we understand our way if our steps and our man's a man's steps are ordained by God? And there are obstacles in our way that we cannot remove. There's dangers that cannot be avoided. There's enemies that cannot be overcome on our own. Again, we have our plans, but we must remember, but God
3: and that's so important, Shelley, because sometimes we have desires or we have a plan that we're determined to do. And God puts in every man a portion of faith. So something inside of us might go off like an alarm to say, ah, I don't think you should do that. Yeah, And we sense it and yet we go ahead and do whatever it was that we were warned by the inner man, don't do it. And the consequences of that is so great. And what we'd like to open up to the um, hearers this week is the unseen world, because if we really do ask the Lord to guide us for our day, and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil, something will change in our life because today's world is so dark. And even within the church, people will encourage you to say, oh, don't worry about that. That's not really sin. Or no, you could do that. That's just somebody else's opinion. When truly the word is so clear that we make our plans, but God is the one who directs our steps. Amen. But Lord, but isn't it true, Shelley, that we need to give the Lord that permission in our life because he's given us a free will to choose that which is of God or that which is of man.
2: Amen. It's really so true, Joni. So our mindset, our perspective should be so contrary to the ways of the world and how we viewed things before we were born again. You know, you look at the world, Junie, and you could see the world celebrates power. The world celebrates strength. The world celebrates self-assurance, doing things, in quotes, my way. But what does the word of God say? And this is how we need to live. The word of God says, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. The Lord God must be our guide.
3: Should be our guide. He
2: should be. (laughs) Really, let it be, Lord.
3: Psalm 31, 3 reads, For thou art my rock and my fortress. For thy name's sake thou will lead me. And guide me, for thou art my strength. Hallelujah. And we really see, Shelley, we should live a certain way for his namesake. And when we turn to him, he will guide us for his namesake. And I don't know if we realize, because we are his witnesses, if people, if we call ourselves Christians, if we call ourselves believers wanting to follow the Lord and we walk in sin, are we really witnessing the Lord? Are we testifying of his life? And I really believe, Shelley, that the Lord is waiting to cleanse us, to clean us up, that we would know and believe that his grace is sufficient for us because many times he leads us and guides us in a way that we wouldn't choose to go. But his grace, yes, his Lord. life, his love is sufficient for us. Amen.
2: When you read that verse, journey my thought went to what Isaiah said, that we have been created for one purpose, and that is to bring glory to God. So even that scripture you just read, Psalm thirty-one, three. If God is our rock and our fortress, we will allow him and desire him to lead us and guide us for his namesake. And whenever there's a resistance, the resistance comes because we're doing things for us. But once we realize that we are doing everything for the name of the Lord, for his namesake, it will change everything. That's the perspective we have to live in day by day and moment by
3: moment. And you know, Shelley, when the Lord walked the earth with his disciples, he instructed them by saying, if you want to be my disciple, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. So really the instruction of the Lord was to deny ourselves. So that direction or that thought or that desire or that plan that we might have we should really say, Lord, you know that's what I want to do, or I think, but I choose not to live for myself, but to live for you. Will you put your thought in me? Will you guide my step today? Will you put the desire of your heart in my heart, that my I, my name, my way, might glorify your name, Amen. and not my own. Let it be. And you know, Shelly that changes everything, doesn't it? Oh,
2: does it ever. And that's what we need to pray for us and for everyone listening. Yes. Another scripture that goes along with the one you just read, Jenny, can be found in Psalm 32, verse 8. The Lord says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way in which you should go. I will guide you with my eye upon you. Junie, maybe some people say, who needs God to guide us? But we need to see, God is waiting to instruct us and teach us, and he will guide us with his eye upon us. What an invitation to live for his sake and bring glory to his name.
3: If Jesus, when he walked the earth, said he only did those things that pleased the Father, and he was the Lord God himself in the flesh... How much more do we need the guidance of God?
2: You know, Ginny, we see a demonstration of what we're talking about in the very first century church. It was led by former fishermen, by tax collectors, obviously men who were not very prominent citizens in Jerusalem. There were no sound systems that they needed to speak through. There were no fancy pews to sit on. There were no elaborate buildings, no programs. Yet, look what the word of God uh, says about this early church. For example, we read that the the church continued daily in one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. There was a lame man healed. Peter and John were arrested for speaking in the name of Jesus. And we read, journey in Acts chapter 4, verse 33. Great grace was upon them all. And you know what? It really is reminiscent of the army that just was formed around David. And it's an incredible picture of what took place in the first century church.
3: And we find that, Shelley, in 1 Samuel 22, verses 1 and 2. So David departed from there and escaped to the cave of... Adulam. Adulam. Thank you. And when his brothers, all of his family's household heard of it, they went down there to him and everyone who was in distress and everyone who was in debt and everyone who was discontented gathered unto him and he became captain over them. Now there were about 400 men with them. And you know, you can really see, Shelley, that these men who were with David, who was the king of Israel, if we turn to Jesus, who is the king of the Jews, the king after David's heart, if we're in distress, if we're in debt, if we're discontented, and we gather ourselves unto him who is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He will take care of us Amen. because his grace is sufficient for us.
2: And God is looking for men and who, women and women and who and might children. Not be prominent or applauded by man, but lives that are open to him for his namesake to demonstrate the glory of God, like David's army and like the very first century church father we thank you we thank you we Lord. thank you that your ways and thoughts are so much higher than ours thank you Lord. and we want to align ourselves with your ways and your thoughts thank you and father. we want you to direct us every step of the way so we can glorify your name we pray this in jesus's name
3: amen
1: thank you for joining us this evening